0: Hey, this is Cody Turner. In this episode of the podcast, I speak with my friend Eduardo Linz. Eduardo is a friend from the College of William & Mary, where I did my undergrad. And here we have a wide-ranging conversation about politics, the 2020 election, Trump, the notorious (laughs) T-word, and social media as well. So, I hope you enjoy and I hope you don't get too triggered, because I know that all of these topics are extremely polarized right now. Buckle your seatbelts. Here we go. Welcome to Tent Talks on the Shelter from the Storm Podcast Network, a place to talk the rain away
1: with your host Cody Turner.
2: Storm coming, Mr.
1: Wayne.
0: Okay, yeah. With the Trump thing, let's just get this oh. out. Of uh, yeah, no. The point that I wanted to make with that is, um, I just, uh, I primarily oppose Trump not because of his Trumpiness or because he's not politically correct or he doesn't abide by the norms of civil discourse. I oppose him primarily based on policy. Like there, are, there are policy things. That I don't like. Like, I don't like the tax cut. I don't like the fact that he's increased the drone strikes that the Obama administration started. You know, Um, I don't Mm. like the the fact that he's expanded the powers of the Patriot Act and allowed for more Mm. government surveillance. These are things Mm. like to me, I get annoyed with the media because these are things that no one talks about. And I just see the media focusing on the naughty things that he said on Twitter or him calling the mainstream media the enemy of the people. Now, I don't like yeah. it when he calls the mainstream media the enemy of the people. Do I think that the media is biased and corrupt in a lot of ways and generally speaking has a liberal bias? Yes, but I don't think it's healthy for democracy to call the press the enemy of the people. So yeah, yeah. I oppose I that kind of rhetoric too. But at the same time, There are parts about Trump's um, transparency and just lack of giving a fuck or failing to uh, just like play the game of politics that I like. Like if someone else, if someone who wasn't insane and stupid had that quality where they are just completely off the cuff and refuse to play the rules of politics, I actually like that because I feel like we're in the age of populist politics and people want that. Like that notion of the old traditional politician who has the right cadence in their voice and says all the right things and is always politically correct. I feel like people don't want that anymore. They can see past that. And I feel like that's part of Trump's appeal. The problem is that, that, you know, there are just so many other things that are wrong with him. Like he just has stupid policies. Um, He does go too far with it in terms of his rhetoric and stuff like that. But I just get annoyed with people who uh, just primarily oppose him because he's not presidential when they don't even take the time to like compare his policies versus the Obama policies. I'm not even like completely educated on all this policy stuff either, but um, I don't know. I think a lot of it boils down to what do you want politics to be. Do you want a political leader to be a moral exemplar to set the tone for the rest of the country? Is that the primary purpose of the president or is the primary purpose of having political power passing policies That are gonna make a real difference in the lives of people. And and my ideal politics, it's the policy based stuff. I don't care if you have a crass businessman who's uh, president if he's doing things that are actually tangibly making a difference for the lives of people. But, uh, you know, like, uh, sure, it would be nice to have like a good moral exemplar as a president, but I feel like people just put so much stock into that uh, and focus so much on that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess up to up to a certain point, maybe uh Clinton damaged that a lot. Um the the idea that the president was uh held to the highest possible standard and kind of set the moral tone as well. Um but it was still pretty much in place until this administration. And um <clears throat> I mean, they're they're hoping to reinstate that, right? Like if 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 he is a one term president, then the successor is going to try and reinstate that and say we want to bring dignity back to the office and stuff like that. Um, that's surface level stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: That that's surface level stuff. I agree. The media is fickle and sensationalist, so they also focus on the f- what's fickle and what's going to get your attention. Like, oh, did he call uh, poor countries shithole countries? Let's just talk about that. Like, it doesn't. You can forget. You know, if if three hundred people died in an earthquake, no, no, no. hang on. He called it a shithole country. You know okay. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah exactly. Because that, that sells. Okay, so we are not. We are not uh, prone. To being mis—I mean, you and I, at least—we're not prone to be misled by this kind of sensationalism. But I think um, what what gets tossed around a lot, which is something you touched on as well, is this whole "oh, I actually don't mind that he is not politically correct." I yeah. I also I think political correctness is is annoying, and I. You know, thought he was so entertaining in the debates, and and everyone pretty much agrees. But the problem isn't that. Of course, we want someone who appears to say off the cuff stuff, and it's and it's entertaining, it's interesting, it's maybe relatable, etc. But that's that's not the problem. The problem is he goes far beyond that. He's not just crass. He is divisive. He his his rhetoric is dangerous because it incentivizes people who previously were on the fringe and now feel like they're the mainstream or feel like they're acceptable. Um, and like for example, last year, um, I think it was last year when the Obamas and the Clintons and the some some anchors from uh, I think CNN headquarters. And, um, what was that wealthy, uh, that wealthy democratic donor, uh, big, big mogul who has, uh, ties to Hungary and stuff, the Jewish guy. Oh, that they yeah.
0: Lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is his name? The Koch brothers and um, the Republican ones.
2: Yeah. The equivalent. What? I forget yeah. his name.
0: Ah, oh, I forget too.
2: I'm, bl- I'm blanking. I wish I wasn't blanking I on his name, but, but. Yeah, so 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 all of these guys, right, who are Trump's top targets, received like pipe bombs and stuff that failed. But then it was all like all the rhetoric and the stuff behind it was this crazed, like, uh, fanatic who was using the same language that he uses in the fake news and all this stuff that that, that Trump uses. That that he's good at slogans, right? He's good at catchy catchphrases and stuff like that. Um, and the issue is that that does uh incentivize uh incentivize uh extremism you know what i mean like it does um enable people so it's not that that's that's why i think i i i kind of have to correct um well i don't correct people but in my mind when people say oh it's uh he's just not um he's unorthodox or whatever i it goes beyond that. I do like that part as well. I used to joke around when, when, when the Republicans had like 20 candidates, um, and it, you know, no one suspected he would win. I used to, George Soros. Sorry. There we go. George Soros. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that's, that, that, that's pretty much, uh, what I, what I had to say on that.
0: Yeah, I agree with some of that. Um, I guess I see it a, maybe a little bit different. So I, from my perspective, the, well, the first thing is, um, should a politician or a public figure be held uh, morally culpable for anything that their followers do based upon what they're said, assuming that they didn't directly incite violence? So in the instances that you referenced, what exactly did Trump say to inspire... These the man or whatever who sent the pipe bomb to, to these people, and based on what he said, can we hold him directly responsible? And if so, we should apply the standard evenly. So the Bernie Sanders supporter who shot up a baseball game a few years ago, based upon some things Bernie Sanders said about some Republican politicians, should Bernie Sanders be held responsible for that rhetoric?
2: Are you talking about the like set like the Senate the baseball game where they were like? Congressmen and senators playing, and one of them was wounded. And is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, okay. First of all, but um, I I like Bernie, right? And, Me too. Um, yeah. So, but that doesn't mean that. Oh, sorry, I'm just gonna go to a different place. Try and set this up more comfortably. But that doesn't mean that
1: um, Bernie isn't just as much of a of a populist as Trump. He is. Like he his his fan base gets just as riled up as Trump's. It's just because they have different views,
2: um, you know, does doesn't mean that their acts of violence when they do commit them are less uh less bad. You know what I'm saying? So yeah so first of all yeah Bernie
1: does have his rowdy supporters as well I mean the difference is that one is like I I think just one is more toxic than the other because one is like
2: more about uh, uh, division and one is more inclusive one is more anti-immigrant and
1: and all that kind of stuff and second amendment and all this stuff and that tends to to follow a pattern of, of violence, as opposed to the, you know, free, free college and legalized weed and all the other agenda. But, um, to your other point, um, yeah. Okay. So if we're assigning blame yet, no, he did not, we can't hold him accountable um he did not uh to the point where you know he he didn't direct he didn't say to all of you who are listening to me out there i encourage you to go and uh take physical action against the people that we ideologically oppose no he didn't say that explicitly he did not say that but what what he tends to do um and and i get what you're saying like oh uh, if there's a Hillary Clinton supporter, then then goes and uh, you know shoots someone then then you know I, I, I get your point, but what Trump does is he with his level of discourse um, and his rhetoric, he systematically um, enables and the same thing is happening in Brazil. The U.S. and Brazil have two very similar presidents. It 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 enables the rhetoric is divisive, and it also enables people to think that it's it's okay to to uh, express certain very uh, inflammatory uh, uh, feelings, ideas, and 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 hatred, and and that sort of thing. Like, uh, you know, like get the fuck out of my country and, and, and this sort of thing. And there is a correlation between the frequency of like these, uh, you know, I don't know, hate crimes or crimes targeting certain people, certain groups, and them being staunch supporters of him. There is, there is a, a definite correlation and, um. I mean, if 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 you're if you're denying that, then then uh, I'm not not saying you. If one denies that, then I can't really follow a, a a decent conversation with you because I'm not I'm not here saying that Trump is telling people to go out and kill Democrats. But if you don't see the pattern, then I, I can't really hold an intellectual conversation with you.
0: No, no, I'm not denying that. I agree with that. I I, I just think that. Um... I was saying one, by the way, not you, Cody. Yeah, no, I know. I,
2: yeah.
0: and again, I'm not a Trump. I feel like I'm always like in a position where I'm defending Trump. No, I really don't like the man. No,
2: no you know, I voted for Hillary.
0: To, um, yeah.
1: you shouldn't like, have to expose your your voting record. It, but it's
0: gotten to that point, right? That's yeah, yeah. The funny thing. There's just anyway. no room for a nuance. But I just, yeah, think, I just wrong. think that it's more. Um, I think the irresponsible and dangerous rhetoric is more evenly distributed across the political spectrum, and I don't think it's particularly unique to Trump. I think that people in the mainstream media and mainstream Democratic politicians will systematically misrepresent Republicans and things that even Trump has said, and I think that the mainstream media does the same thing. They cherry-pick things, they misrepresent things, they... uh, take quotes and misinterpret them in bad faith.
1: Yeah, put them and out I, of context. Yeah.
0: yeah, and I just think that that is extremely dangerous too in terms of fuller, further polarizing the country along political lines. So I, I don't, yeah. like, yes, Trump says it in more crass terms, but I guess I don't see this, a lot of people I talk to, they just see it as a uniquely Trump phenomenon where all this hate right. speech is circulating and then the rest of the political landscape is relatively benign. I don't really see it like that. I see, I agree with everything that you said about Trump, but I think, again, it's more evenly um, distributed. And, and I feel like this, like there are so many instances now where I thought Trump said something really bad, but then I come to learn that it was just a misrepresentation. And he has said plenty of fucking horrible things. That's the thing. You don't need to, you don't need to take him out of context. Like he actually does yeah. say plenty of horrible things, but yeah. for example, in 2017, during the, Charlottesville protest. There is a huge thing about how he said there are nice people on both sides. And we're referencing the white supremacist Nazis. In my head, I was walking around for over two years thinking that's what he said and that he was a sympathizer to white supremacists. That's not true. Just a couple of months ago, I saw the whole clip, the whole press conference of what he said. And immediately after he made that comment, he clarifies, I'm talking about the people that were." Um, not the wh- white supremacist people, but the people that were there uh, protesting, wanting their, the statues of their ancestors there who were doing it for non-racist reasons. So he actually clarified that he wasn't talking about white supremacists. Now, if you want, you can still make an argument for why he's racist and you might be right. All I'm saying is that I'm just taking that one particular instance and I'm saying yeah. that it was deliberately misrepresented by the mainstream media and I fell for it for two years. And if you watch the whole clip, in context, you can understand that he wasn't sympathizing with white supremacists in that particular context. And there are just so many, and again, like we can have an argument about whether he's a racist or not. I'm not saying he's not, I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying, I'm just taking that one particular instance. So I, I, I mean, there are just countless examples of democratic politicians just acting in such bad faith and denouncing, and this idea that uh, he's a Uh, this far-right, alt-right contingent of the country. I think there's truth to that. I think he has done that. I think he has allowed them um, more credibility than they deserve. So I think that's true. But I also think at the same time that the mainstream media and the Democrats have completely misrepresented how large of a portion of the right that those people represent. My My perspective is that this is a fringe minority of people and that a lot of the public has been misled to believe that uh almost the entirety of the Trump base is racist and i think that's extremely dangerous when i don't think that's true i think those people exist i think in the 2016 election donald trump was articulating a lot of dog whistles that were picked up by those people and he said a lot of irresponsible things to give those people more legitimacy like i said but I think it's been completely blown out of proportion. And now I think that there's a ton of people on the Democratic side of the aisle that are walking around with this malware in their head that says that all uh, Trump supporters are racists. And, you know, I guess Trump won because there are more racists in the country than we thought. And in my mind, that's just a a severely simplistic and lazy political analysis as to what's going on. I think there's a lot more going on in the middle of the country that led to... um, Why Trump won? You know, I think that uh, we've exported a lot of trade to China and stuff like that. So the people don't have as many jobs and there's a huge opioid crisis. And a lot of these people feel like they've been left behind by the coastal elites. I think Trump tapped into a lot of these dynamics, dynamics that really don't have anything to do with racism. And a lot of the Trump supporters that I know in my life uh, either voted for Trump because of those reasons, because they thought he'd be good for the economy or just because they really hated Hillary. And, yeah, probably a lot of them uh, discounted a lot of the problematic aspects of Trump, which they probably shouldn't have discounted. But, uh, yeah, I I just think that a lot of the – I'm starting to repeat myself now – but, yeah, yeah, a lot of the Democratic politicians have just also – uh, deployed extremely divisive, harmful political rhetoric that has functioned to further polarize the country uh, just as much as Trump does when he calls the press the enemy of the people. So I just see it as more balanced.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, to your point regarding the oversimplification that I agree exists, that all Trump supporters are racist, um, It's that, okay, obviously that is an oversimplification. Obviously that's not true, but it's not that they're all racist. But if they are still standing by him now, then that means that they're willing to overlook a lot of deeply, deeply, deeply troubling uh, uh, ideologies Regarding race, that he uh, that he either endorses or uh, uh, allows, uh, like what? Well, if if you agree that he's he has uh a catalog of. Uh, Concerning positions regarding race. If you agree on that point, if you don't, it's a whole separate discussion. But if you agree on that point,
0: like what? Maybe I do. I don't know.
1: Well, maybe I just don't. I I mean, if uh, that's a discussion that I would have had to, you know, prepare my examples and stuff like that because I don't want to sit here and say that uh you know be vague about oh once he said i think he said this you know if i if 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 that's something that we want to do and i can prepare my examples and say on at the june 5th 2017 press conference he said this and this and that or he called poor country shithole countries or you know then then we can do that but I'm going off the assumption we both agree he has a catalog of very worrying stances regarding race.
0: Well, I guess it depends on what you mean by stances. Are you talking about policies that he's implemented? Or are you talking about naughty things that he said on Twitter? Are you talking about both? Like, you'd have to be more specific. I, I well, mean- I'm
1: just, I mean, I'm being polite. The thing is, he's a giant fucking racist. You know, that's, that is my opinion.
0: Oh, well, uh, well that's uh, a hell of an accusation to make yeah
1: no, well he is dude i'm not, not. not and 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 you know like the st- the stuff that he that he uh you know he 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 he, he, ho- he holds in like the stuff that he knows that he really couldn't get away with but he's just he's gotten away with so much and i'm not i'm not the type that's that's politically correct man that's not what i'm arguing for i'm i'm just <laughs> no, saying like you know when like you know when 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 you see someone and and we've had the displeasure of being so acquainted with him day in and day out shoved in our faces everything he ever says and does that we have we we are are intimate with i mean just there's a, a repertoire but 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 if if you disagree, uh, tell me. Like, what, what what do you think? You think uh, it's it's I, very ambiguous that maybe he's racist, but there's there's no proof or. or what, what, I don't. Well, I
0: don't. Yeah, I don't know. I I could be convinced that he's racist. I I, I don't like people always. Yeah, I, obviously I'm not. This isn't like I've never heard this argument before. Like I hear people on the mainstream media. The, no no no. I'm yeah. asking
1: what you think. I don't. The the media is.
0: No no I am I'm just saying it. this isn't a novel argument to me. I don't know what I think. I think that um i'm just like do you want me to mind read about what's in if like if so i'm not educated on all the policies that he 's made or endorsed, and i 'm sure there are many policies that uh, are racially problematic. I know that people point to um when he was uh, uh renting apartments back in the day Oh yeah, uh, he rented them in a, in a yeah, he got in a,
1: sued. Yeah, yeah that
0: was racially biased, so that might be some evidence towards racism, and I know that he was also. One of the lead advocates for the birther conspiracy surrounding Obama. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like it might be evidence for racism. Um, so yeah, maybe he is. Maybe uh, but if you're just gonna say if you're just gonna take uh, problematic things that he said, like these are shithole countries, I don't necessarily know whether statements like that are evidence of racism, because that so, see, I I have trouble distinguishing between. Is that just him being really crass and lazy and kind of like just uh, irresponsibly irrespons- pol- politically incorrect? Or is that just him being a racist? And well, I don't really it, know. It, it, um,
1: I think if you take one uh, one instance individually, uh, you know, unless it's extremely explicit and he says, you know, I think that this group is inferior to my group. Unless someone says that one single instance is, is it's tough for that to be proof that he, that someone is a racist or is anything. But when you see a a pattern, um, when you see a pattern, then you can start to draw your conclusions. He didn't just say, he said that Haiti and like, uh, I don't know, a few uh, African countries. I don't know if it was four or six or how many it was, but there were these African countries. South Africa was 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 one of them, I think, and a few other African countries, and Haiti. And he said, why are we getting so many uh, immigrants from these shithole countries? Why can't we get more immigrants from Norway? And then, uh, you know, that... Uh, you know, he's, he was maybe trying to at least make it seem like he was, Oh, you know, picking a, a country at random. Why don't we get more immigrants from rich countries? First of all, that's a bit of a stupid question. Second of all, you know, he, he chose the widest possible country uh, to say, well, wow, why are we getting all these shithole countries? They happen to be all black. And why don't we get more immigrants from oh you know Norway oh sorry that's just first one that popped in my head that's just one example though but yeah uh well I'm 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 gonna have to come back to you with specifics because um they're there but I want to be specific about them and I don't want to be vague and sit here and say well I don't remember exactly what happened but there was one time where Anyway, you get the picture.
0: Yeah, yeah. no. Actually, I
1: I wanted to ask you something though. Um, Living in the U.S., because it's it's interesting, because I haven't I haven't lived or even been back to the U.S. since 2017. So, I wanted to know from your point of view, because I was talking with my dad about this. um, Do you think it it, uh, since he's so polarizing, and this is such a polarized time? Uh, uh, politically in the u.s um do you think there's still a very large contingent of the voting population that is on the fence between two parties
0: um before i answer that let me just say that like my general view of trump is i I think he's like an extreme asshole and kind of an idiot but so with the racist question i just don't know I don't know whether he's an equal opportunity asshole, as in like he's just like a fucking dick, no matter like what your uh, color or your gender is, or whether he does hold uh, particular malice towards particular races. You know, so yeah, I guess that's like I'm open to again, I'm open to being persuaded on that with more evidence, but I'm not just gonna uh, wholeheartedly agree to that without like doing a deep dive. But yeah, right. to that to your question, um. I don't know. I I mean, probably less and less so, I would imagine. Um, I I do think there are probably I I do think there is a contingent, though. I I think that uh, um, part of the reason there might be some voters that are still on the the fence is because I think the left is really fractured right now, particularly between the populist Bernie Sanders progressive types and the mainstream uh, neoliberal types. Yeah. So I could definitely see a large contingent of Bernie supporters potentially hopping the fence and voting for Trump, or at least some meaningful contingent of Bernie supporters. Uh, so just because of how fractured the left is and how much just resentment there is towards uh, the neoliberal establishment, I think there is a large contingent. I almost like I almost want to say that the main division in the country isn't even between left and right in so much as it is between populists and establishment. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I don't know.
1: Do you you think that in this upcoming election, um, how significant is the contingent that will decide their vote based on, for example, debate performances? Like, they, they are undecided. Yeah. And then the debate will sway them. What do you think that's because my dad, uh, my dad proposes that that is a large enough group to make a significant difference in the election. And I told him that I thought that was ridiculous because at such a polarizing time, how could you possibly be in doubt as to whether you want one candidate or the other? And of all things, what would change your mind is how well they did on the debates, you know? So what do you think?
0: I'd actually agree with him. I I think that I think that people have really short memories, and I think that Mm. going into the voting booth, you you know, you're drawing on your memory and your feelings about a candidate based upon the uh, political events that have transpired over the past month. Just because I think that's how humans operate. I think that's the human condition.
1: Yeah, yeah, Um, I agree.
0: So I think just because of that, he might be right. but I do agree with you that people are more entrenched now than I don't know they ever have been since I've been uh alive it seems like. But yeah. Um there's a couple other things points I want to make here. I would have definitely said that before hard to tell i would have definitely said that before the pandemic trump would win in a landslide just because he had the economy going from because there was just so much civil war infighting in the democratic party um but now with the pandemic i don't know i think everything's kind of up in the air yeah i think that the democratic establishment made a huge mistake running biden i think that he does have and look i'm not like I just think he has cognitive dementia. And I think if you're denying that, you're just not looking yeah. at reality. Right? Yeah. Um But you know, of course the hard liberal is gonna come back listening to this, being like, Well, if you deny that Trump's a racist, you're not looking at reality. So whatever. But uh yeah. Um But I, come on, man. <laughs> the man can't speak. So I think that they I think that the Democratic the Biden team has been strategically hiding him as much as possible ever since he secured the nomination. I think that if he's forced to debate Trump, Trump could trounce him and Biden's cognitive dementia could be put on full display. And maybe that yeah. will make a difference. Like they'll just take him out of hiding out of the basement and people are like, whoa, like this guy can't yeah. lead. So I don't know, maybe the optics of that could actually sway uh, a significant amount of people. But I I don't know if the debate itself uh, would determine that. I, I would think that So it's hard. I don't know. It's also hard to say because I can't assume that all of the the most of the voters are tuned into the Twitter zeitgeist like I am and like you are. Because yeah. everyone who's tuned into Twitter already has knowledge of all this stuff. They're already aware of all the chatter around Biden's cognitive dementia and all the rest of it. But for the average American who's not plugged into social media, maybe they don't know, and maybe they uh, are getting a lot of their opinions through these debates. So I guess it depends on what proportion, what uh, percentage of Americans is relying on debates and stuff, official forms like that to influence their political opinions. And what proportion of Americans is just tuned into social media every day. And that doesn't really matter because they've already made up their minds.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I, man, I think uh, Biden, Biden, I talk about this a lot with my dad and Biden is, I think, uh, probably a decent human being. Uh, You know, I think his intentions are good. I think his agenda is, you know, is not ideal, but it's, it's what is going to uh, be most acceptable for him to to what will give him the best chance and um of winning first of securing the nomination and then of winning and uh but i mean e- either way that's i think uh in my personal political view it's it's better than than what you have now but man it really the fact that he is um just physically and mentally unfit for the job just and and with a guy that is so good at bullying people on a national stage it's just gonna really put his chances to me like so low like i am afraid and fully expecting that trump will make a spectacle of him humiliate him on a national stage and you know what uh whether Biden wins the election or not, I think that will be the case. And it's it saddens me that that will happen. Um, yep. I think that nearly anyone else would have had a better chance when it came to head-to-head debates. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And that, that's why I was really uh, enthused about someone like Andrew Yang. In general, yeah. I just thought it was really insane that the... You know, Trump was the oldest presidential elect. I think by the time he went into office, and all of good
1: shape. I gotta admit,
0: yeah, I don't. People say he's on uppers and stuff like that. I don't know. Maybe he is.
1: Well, it's just one one thing's for sure. I was surprised when I found out how old he was, like back a a few years ago. Yeah.
0: But all of the main contenders or the final contenders for the Democratic nomination were all insanely old. Bernie, yeah, it's true. Warren joe biden i just think she that doesn't. i don't know and biden's why. the
1: youngest by the way
0: <laughs> yeah biden's the youngest. i don't know why um wh- why is everyone so old why do we have all of these old boomers yeah. at the top of our tickets i don't get it i think uh I, th- i've been listening to a lot of uh people talk about how there hasn't been a wealth transfer from the older generations and a power transfer from the older generations to the younger generations. And you can see this in uh, the average age of the American college president as well. Like I think in the 70s, yeah, just as an example in the seventies, the average age of a college president was much lower than it is today. So it's just steadily risen. And you see that with political power as well. So it's, it's, it's almost as if the boomers are holding on to power and their way of life. And there hasn't been this power and wealth transfer in the way that there should be. I just think that we need a new, completely new class of political leaders. Like one of the things that horrifies me the most about the current makeup of our political system is just how technologically illiterate most of our politicians mm. are. If you see Mark Zuckerberg going into Yeah, the, and the Facebook even,
1: deposition, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: they just don't even know Like, what the internet is or how it
1: works.
0: (laughs) And, like, I feel like that is a huge issue just because of how powerful all these big tech companies are and just because of how powerful all these different new emerging technologies are. Like, we need to think about 3D weapons and drones and internet censorship and surveillance and facial recognition and the dangers of the dark web and all that, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, they're all, they're all very old. They're all very white. Uh, there's very little diversity. Um, and, uh, what was the other thing?
0: They all uh, sexually assault people.
1: Well, that's, that's true. Um, but, Oh yeah. You were talking about the the, the, the power transition. Yeah. It won't be long, bro. They're all so old now that yeah. it really it won't be long. It'll be sometime soon in our lifetimes. Yeah. You know,
0: one distinction I like to make in the Democratic Party that I've arrived at recently is you can make a distinction between the populace and the uh, democratic establishment, establishment. Yeah. Populist and democratic establishment. And then you can make a distinction between and these are loose distinctions, but between policy based people and identitarian woke people. Like people, yeah, politics yeah. are completely based upon all of the identity politics run rampant and all that, and I find myself gravitating more towards a policy based populist perspective.
1: Yeah, I think, uh man, the identity politics is something that in the states is just on this this level that, I mean, nearly any other country is just so far behind, and but I do think that the U.S. has taken it to like i don't know if you guys deal with it the best like like it's there's something positive to be said for it being such a a a prominent theme because it's giving a lot of people that before you know didn't have status or recognition or rights even um it's bringing them to the fore which is a very positive thing and necessary thing. On the other hand, the way this goes back to the uh, conversation about media and the way they sensationalize and just overdo everything.
0: Right.
1: It's like insanely tiresome and the whole, and, and then the identity politics then couples with the political correctness. And it's just, you know, you're, you're in a position where, Oh man, you you're walking on eggshells constantly and it's just for me like uh as as you know a a non-US uh not as as a foreigner in the US when i lived there it was so tiring and i think counterproductive you know it's wow it's exhausting bro when you when you go somewhere where that's not the only thing that's talked about 24/7 it's like a huge relief and whether, just 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 to finish off, whether whether there's a correlation between, um, you know, civil civil rights, um, from for 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 minority uh, groups, and how uh, prominent uh, gender uh, identity politics are in the discourse. Whether there's a correlation. Uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, I'm not really sure.
0: Yeah. I, I just think that um, if you're against Trump and you want yeah. Trump to lose, you should be against all this because I think this is what gave us, partly what gave us Trump, the excessive, the identity politics run yeah. up.
1: As far as, you know, uh, hypothetically releasing the, the, this podcast, you know, and if we were, and if we were people uh, in the public eye, uh you know and this was crazy scrutinized as everything is um i would i would stand by everything that we've said here because i think we've we we, we haven't said anything um <clears throat> excuse me we haven't i don't think we've said anything purposely inflammatory no i think we're having a discussion that's seeking uh seeking knowledge uh as opposed to just doling out truths you know right right. um so i stand by everything that 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 we've been saying and um
0: and that's you have to be willing to have that conversation good that's why like when you say trump's a racist i don't maybe you're right maybe i'm missing like i definitely think he's a fucking narcissistic asshole idiot is he a racist maybe but i'm not just gonna go to my priors and say like it's just everyone i feel like defaults to their priors because they're scared of they're almost scared of like not having a position or like being like open-minded because then if you don't have a position, then you're somehow an idiot. It's like, how can you not see the truth? Yeah. Like, no, Maybe I don't, maybe I don't see the truth, you know? And
1: yeah, th- this is, uh, this is something that, uh, I've seen you mentioned, uh, being, uh, active on, on Twitter earlier. One of the things that I've seen repeatedly is, uh, people saying, normalize, um, saying, I don't know enough to have an opinion and you know, yeah. Twitter is annoying, but you know, that, that, that's, that's absolutely true. You, we, we do need absolutely. to normalize. Uh,
0: yeah. and you know what the crazy yeah. part about that is, is, uh, yeah. in today's day and age, so much of our knowledge, the, the overwhelming majority of our knowledge is testimonial knowledge. Most of the things that I know are just based upon things that I've read or the things that I've gotten from yes. the say-so of other people. It's not like I've yes. gone out and verified all the things that journalists are saying or all the things that the doctors are saying. I know. So to, to be in a world replete with all this knowledge and you're just getting it from the say-so of all these people, to be hyper-confident in your opinions is kind of insane, yeah. And, like, intellectually yes. pretentious. It's like, no, you should be humble because you've just been told these things. You, you could have yeah. been told wrong things. You could be in a fucking yeah. informational echo chamber, you know?
1: I, I think, I think uh, first of all, I completely agree. Social media has absolutely amplified that, you know, just exponentially. Um, and I think it'll only continue to get worse. But... Um, See, one of the problems with a media that's so polarized is that uh at one point you could read something in a in a reputable newspaper or whatever news source, and just be confident that, well, I mean, sometimes you wouldn't even question it too much if it's if it's a mundane fact um and you and you get it from a reputable source, you don't have to be worried about double and triple checking it. Right. One of the problems with this whole fa- uh, fake news enemy of the people rhetoric is that yeah. it's and and they are idiots because they just play right into that and and feed it and become <laughs> it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. But
0: yeah, it's a good point. Uh,
1: the, the the problem with constantly uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for with with con- constantly. Uh, damaging the reputation and credibility of mainstream news sources. Yeah. It's kind of this perpetual fi- what is fake news and what isn't kind of cycle, you know. And that is one of the things I unfortunately I think that this president has forever um damaged or, or he's 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 uh had that effect that I I can't see that ever being undone, you know?
0: Yeah, I think I see it a little differently. I mean, so like, I agree with that, that he's made the problem worse, but I think that the fake news phenomenon is more a product of the rise of alternative media. I think that prior to the Mm -hmm. rise of the internet and social media, there is a few, there's a few gatekeepers of information and the, the gated institutional narrative couldn't be challenged by anyone. So people couldn't see the fake news. They couldn't see the bias. But now because everyone's a journalist and we have huge alternative media apparatus, a lot of the uh, corruption of the mainstream media can be exposed more. Now, a lot of it is overblown by Trump and all that. Uh, So I I agree to the extent I agree with that. But um, so I think that is more to do with it. And I think that... um, I think that the media has probably gotten more corrupt and gotten less scrupulous in terms of their journalistic standards as they realize that they're being challenged by the main, that by the alternative media, because, uh, you know, they, since they have a competitor now, they're more likely to double down on sensationalism. They're more likely to double down on whatever gets clicks. It's like the dying throes of this. Yeah. That's, and they're just like lashing out. Um, no,
1: man, I totally agree. Uh, I I was actually thinking like uh you're totally right the the, the 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 fake news thing uh social media is uh definitely what what led to 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 this to this state of reduced credibility in everything. Um yeah. but it was I mean so social media was was here long before uh this guy was relevant in a, in a political um in a politi- on a political stage and 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 he just uh was like the you know the uh, the straw that broke the camel's back that, uh, that's actually not a good uh the right expression to use in this situation but but he just 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 blew it up you know what i'm saying like yeah th- it, it, th- there was still Uh, like social media was still social media and the news, the traditional news gatekeepers were still the, like to the same, almost the same extent as pre internet. And they were just separate. And then now, like when, when, when they recently in the past few years, when, when they just kind of merged that's, and he came in at the same, around the same time. And that's, that's what fucked it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. My, my general, like perspective of the Trump, like people say that Trump is the, like a lot of people think that this isn't my framing. I've got, I've stolen this, but people think that Trump is the cause of all this fake news and this new era of uh, disinformation that we're in and the cause of all of our political problems. I don't think he's the cause of it. I think he's a symptom of it.
1: He's a manifestation of it.
0: He's a manifestation of it. Yeah. It's not like the world started spinning when he came. He's just, he's a manifestation of and, the unhealthiness of the political system yes. that was extremely unhealthy before he became president. That's why he became president.
1: Yes. He's the symbol of all the, all the toxicity in there. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and he, the thing is he's so good at making it seem like he, like you said, he was the one that made <laughs> the world start spinning, you know, he, yeah. he, he is life is devoted to that. And so that's why it's, it's if you're not careful it's easy to get caught up in that but you're yeah you're right
0: and it's just like uh, you know it's like you're saying with twitter like everyone has to have an opinion so journalists they want to be the first ones to break a story even if they haven't well, fact checked exactly. it and then if you make it trend you make it true so now even if you retract the yes. story later on it's already been circulated around the world it doesn't matter anymore the ambiguity of yeah, the norms surrounding retweeting and liking like if you re are you enjoying yeah, it? yeah
1: we were talking yeah yeah uh, actually um, I've had this conversation uh, a few times before, but what social media did—one one of the bad things uh, about it—and I think there are more bad than good things when it comes to social media. One of the worst things about social media is that it brought people who before were on the fringe and didn't have a voice uh, for the right reasons, but now that they have a platform all these people can come together and believe that, Hey, I'm not the only one that has this absurd point of view. Uh, and, and, and I'm, I can connect with all the other weirdos out there who agree. And now there's a following, uh, you know, and eventually some of them even make it into the mainstream. You know, you got your freaking Alex Jones and, and people like that, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, if you're into some unbelievably strange deranged sexual thing you can go on a website like i don't know 4chan or whatever and there it is there's a couple thousand other people who who also like that shit you know what i'm saying and that's just the worst and create echo chambers and yeah
0: yeah no exactly Wor- yeah
1: it's anyway. like
0: a double edged sword because at the same you know it's allowed uh groups of like minded people to gather for uh good purposes like what was it during yeah. the Egyptian revolution that people use social media to circumvent the. That event. was the
1: case. In yeah, twenty eleven.
0: Yeah, um, but yeah, like you said, they're just. You can also you you know whatever child molesters or whatever you can get together and all these different people. Can yeah, get together. and 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 uh, people. Yeah, so it allows you to challenge the gated institutional narrative and expose the corruption because now anyone can be a journalist and they don't need to get past the gatekeepers to have their voice heard. And that can be good, but at the same time, as you say, it can be bad because now you can have someone who has no credibility on a subject, but they have a really professional-looking studio, and they talk as if they have credibility, but they just have no idea what they're talking about, and you just wouldn't know it one way or the other. Yes. Part of it uh, it is the the personalization algorithms – I think I also have a lot to do with it. Like, yes, there's some of you just adding friends that share your ideological perspective on Facebook, but then there's also the phenomenon where these algorithms are discerning your patterns of online behavior, uh, yeah. arriving at an accurate conception of what your preferences are than just feeding you back those preferences. And that works. If you're shopping for shoes, it doesn't work as well. If you're shopping for news.
1: Hey, did you come up with that little?
0: Did you? Uh, no no, i don't think so i i I honestly don't remember i've said it before it's like a little uh phrase i keep coming back to
1: that's a good one yeah yeah i agree social media is uh yeah it's a scary thing and echo chambers are very dangerous
0: and uh and also just the power that these search engines have like how, how like google determines like how often do you sift through the different search results when you're looking up something? Barely ever. Like those first two oh. of results determine what you're going to believe on that topic.
1: You know, the, the funny thing is now that you mentioned it, I cannot remember the last time I went to page two of a Google search. Yeah. Can you? No, no. <laughs> I, I I do remember. a. T- I don't remember the last time, but I do remember a time in which that wasn't a weird thing. Like right. when we, and i mean this is as far back as my life with technology goes uh when we started getting familiarized with computers we were we were in fourth grade um and we started having classes you know how to type and stuff and back then not only was not only was uh you know there was competition between the the search engines you know there was google and yahoo and ask jeeves and like i don't know a wall dog pile there was a whole bunch of stuff that you've never heard of again but yeah there was that and there was you know you you'd search for something it wouldn't it wouldn't be the first thing that was right in your face you could go to page two three even four before you found it uh and now the whole personalization thing is very dangerous
0: yeah then there's the whole platform versus publisher debate whether
1: what is what is that debate
0: just uh whether these big tech companies uh, should be allowed to uh uh censor people or or act wow. as make editorial decisions or act as publishers so uh, right yeah like the That's a good point the, the complaint is that some people view these big tech companies as quasi monopolies that yeah. um, are essentially akin to the digital public square. you know. So if, like, if I were to go to the public square, I can say whatever I want. No one can shut me down. Are these uh, informational channels like Google, is that, or whatever, Twitter, Facebook, are these the digital public square where you really can't participate in online life without using a handful of these big tech uh, companies? Like, There are a couple of different ones to choose from, but yeah. they really do dominate the space. So the complaint is that... Um, what's section 230 of the communications decency act. This gives, uh, these big tech companies, the, uh, the legal immunities of a platform. So people have been complaining that these big tech companies are acting like publishers while getting the immunities of a platform. So they're acting as publishers in terms of making editorial decisions. Right. Um, so like, are they, is it, are, is it like a phone book or sorry, a phone service where like a phone service isn't uh, they're, they're not liable for anything I say on the phone. I mean, thing I say on the phone. Are they like that? Or are they like a journal where they can censor people and make editorial decisions? Yeah. So it's just like a conversation about the nature of these big tech companies and how powerful that they become.
1: Well, the, uh, I mean, the funny thing about the analogy of it being the digital public square is that uh if you, if you were to, for example, go to the public square and, uh, you know, in let's say you're in Germany and you start waving a Nazi flag around in the public square, yeah. you will get arrested. And if you do the same thing in, on Facebook, you will also get shut down uh, and maybe arrested physically as well. I don't know how these things wait, work. Wait, wait, but, wait. Uh,
0: if you if you go to the public square and wave a Nazi flag, you'll get arrested.
1: Oh, in Germany, yeah, big time. Oh, in
0: Germany, yes, that's true. In Germany, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, in the U.S., I mean, you, you know, you can have a whole parade, and the president will defend you, but uh, it's not the same <laughs> everywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I knew that about Germany. I'd heard that.
1: Yeah, um, no, but, that, that's, but that's kind you know, of
0: a particular case because of their uh, history with Nazism, and I don't know
1: yeah I mean that's always the go to example for so many things but it it just illustrates uh, a point i i i think you know uh I, to take the analogy further then you know if if you go and cause a ruckus in the public uh square uh you know you, you can be arrested for for disorderly conduct or disturbing the peace and yeah, you know, yeah. there, are, there are a couple of different ones Sure. And that's kind of the same thing. I mean, uh, with these uh, digital platforms, I mean, it is a it is a very valid discussion to have. I personally think you need a minimum. Uh, these things have, in the beginning, it wasn't an issue, but these things have gotten to the point where you need them now you need a minimum of of policing. Uh, ugh, people hate that because, you know, uh, they'll, they'll say, well, it's, that's how it starts. And then next thing you know, you lose your freedom of expression and all this shit. But, uh, well, it's, I mean, it's a complex discussion. It's a complex discussion.
0: Yeah. I don't think, uh, I, I don't think like anyone who's just like a free speech absolutist to my mind uh Especially in the digital realm, is insane. Like there, there are legitimate forms of censorship. Like you want to, like direct calls to violence on social media. You want to censor yes. those, doxing people, yeah right? Doxing people's personal information. You want to censor that. Uh, doxing. Yeah. What is that? Uh, like re- revealing someone's personal information, their address, their oh, social okay. security. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh,
1: you- it, uh, actually, a good example is. Uh, a good example is in, in uh, New Zealand when there was that shooting yeah. um, in the mosque you know the guy, the guy had, had you know GoPros on him or something and yeah. uh, but then New Zealand went and just banned the footage off anywhere on the internet and right. it was completely illegal to share or divulge or do anything it was just completely wiped off the web in New Zealand Right. And I think that's one example where I'm behind it. You know, I'm sorry. Like
0: uh Me too. Yeah. And I, I think it gets complicated. Go return to your analogy about someone creating a ruckus in the public square versus on social media. I wouldn't want to conflate physical actions with speech because I feel like that's that's a very dangerous conflation to make, right? If someone's saying mm-hmm. something on social media, that's not the same as physically causing a ruckus. But yeah. at the same time, there is a legitimate argument to make that if you're engaging in hate speech on social media, that should be censored because yes. that is kind of like causing a ruckus. And that's where the whole, I feel like that's where a lot of the uh, crux of the debate is as to what what constitutes hate speech or not. And this is where you get accusations of uh, political bias. Someone, you know, a conservative yes. say will argue that that's not hate speech. That's a legitimate conservative perspective. And the liberal will say, no, that's hate speech. That's transphobic. So That's where I feel like where a lot of the interesting debate is, and a lot of the controversy is.
1: Oh yeah, and then in a in a system like the U.S., uh, in a political system like the one that you guys have, that sort of thing is all going to eventually be determined by Supreme Court cases, uh, which you know set set precedents. and that's that's very interesting to look at.
0: Yeah, I guess we'll see what happens with that. I don't. I mean,
1: here we go. Yeah,
0: I don't know. All right, By so- the way,
1: just 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 to end on a completely different note. Yeah. Um. Do you have a uh, a song that comes to mind when I ask you what your favorite Bob Dylan song is or one of?
0: Oh yeah. Mr. Tambourine Man. That's the soundtrack really? song, soundtrack song of my life.
1: Oh, okay. Good stuff. You know what mine is? What? Joker Man. Have you, do you know that one?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It sounds, I definitely have heard of it. I'll, I'll listen to it though after this. To yeah. yeah.
1: Give it a listen. It's, it's, it's off of, uh, I, I, I think it's, it's probably in, in, in one of the greatest hits, uh, I, I guess the first time I heard it was off of one of a greatest hits kind of compilation, but it's yeah. off a, a completely, one of the non-mainstream albums of his called infidels. Um, but yeah, it was like, he, he it, it wasn't like in his prime or anything, but to me, that's the one that comes to mind. Yeah. So give it a
0: listen. I will. Yeah. By the way, if I, if I, if I pass before you do, I want Mr. Tamarine Man played at my funeral.
1: All right, I'll get that arranged.
0: Yeah. Hopefully
1: I won't have to, but yeah, there we go. <laughs> Remember that one podcast you did with that girl that was like crazy hot when you were at Duke?
0: Uh, yeah, Emily Kane, the architecture one. Emily Kane, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Wow. Yeah. I... uh. Well, I don't remember if that was a particularly good uh, interview. I just remember her like not being either. sure what, I don't, she was not sure what her age was. That's how it started. <laughs> she forgot what she was. <laughs> yeah. And, but I just remember her being crazy hot. You uh, wouldn't have happened to have spoken to her anytime and since, have you? Uh,
0: I think once, like over the past year, I might've like sent something to her. Like relating to architecture, but not really. It's kind of that right. relationship is severed.
1: You're just one of the people that was just passing by in your life.
0: Pass through, pass through for God. Yeah.
1: Pa- yeah, passing through. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> um, I hope that you're not one of those people. I would like you- no.
1: I mean, dude, even if we never spoke to each other again after this, I I have played enough of a part in your yeah. life where I wasn't just passing through. I mean, it's been a few years now. So yeah. And vice versa. So yeah, dude, I want to come back to the U S so bad. It's been three years. I haven't seen any of the homies from William and Mary.
0: I know, dude, I want you to come, come. To God damn.
1: Well, who knows if I can do that, right? It's, yeah. it's everything's, everything's up in the air right now.
0: Yeah. Whole world's just uncertain.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird time, man.
0: All right, bro. I'm going to go eat dinner.
1: Enjoy that, bro. Peace out, dog. Take it easy.